As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, and welcome to the Just Glow With It podcast, where the spiritual and physical glow up happens. My name is Jasmine, and I am a certified life coach, podcast host, and lifestyle and wellness enthusiast. As your go-to gal for all things glow, I help women to cultivate a high-vibe mindset, create abundance, practice self-love, and manifest the reality of their dreams by sharing my wellness and lifestyle tips and secrets to living my best glow life. If you are a modern-day spiritual woman, then this is the podcast for you. And if you're ready to embrace all the high vibes and glow like never before, then keep on listening. As always, remember to just glow with it. Hello, hello, my loves. Welcome back to another episode here on Just Glow With It. It is your go-to glow girl for all things lifestyle, self-help, wellness, spirituality, living a life of luxury, and all things that modern women love. So I know it's been a week since my last podcast episode, and if I'm being honest, life has been absolutely crazy busy. Not that I'm complaining. I'm just adjusting and navigating this new phase in my life. So bear with me. But to make up for the lack of last week's episode. This week's episode, I have a very juicy and sensual episode for you girls. It's definitely an episode where you want to get your notebooks out and you want to take some notes because there is some great gems and tips in here. So as you can tell by the title of this episode, I am interviewing the lovely Eleanor. Eleanor is a sensuality coach. She is a sex educator and she is also a sensual movement practitioner. So before I get into Eleanor and all of the amazing wonderful work that she does. In today's episode, we pretty much talk about all of the things that women need to know when it comes to our sensuality and enhancing our sex lives. So Eleanor shares how we can tap into our own sensuality and femininity. She shares how we can work with our menstrual cycle and the different different phases that we go through as women within our bodies each month and how we can use that to our advantage. It's a very um, interesting and insightful topic that I find so fascinating and I'm working on working with and she also shares her tips on how to enhance your sex life and as a sex educator you better believe that she has some amazing tips for us and she also shares how we can learn our own pleasure language so you know how we all have our own love language well we also have our own pleasure language and she actually created a quiz that we can take for free to figure out our own pleasure language our partners can take it with us i actually did this quiz with my boyfriend last night and it turns out we have the same pleasure language which is pretty cool and then after you figure out your pleasure language you also get some questions to ask yourself or you can ask you know your partner and it's just a great bonding experience you can have either with yourself or with your partner or partners or whatever your situation is again it's just a really fun juicy girl talk type of episode i really really loved this conversation i learned so much about things that i'm dealing with and how to work towards those things definitely like i said get your notebooks out because you're going to want to take notes but a little bit more about Eleanor and what she does. So through her one-on-one coaching, her group programs, retreats, workshops, Eleanor has helped so many women all around the world reclaim their pleasure, enhance their sex lives, and just step into this confident, sensual version of themselves. She also has her own podcast. It's called the Sensuality Academy Podcast, and it's where she shares her own life stories. She shares her stories of her clients, and she also shares 
tangible techniques to help you discover your own sense of self-love, cultivate self-intimacy, and boost your self-esteem. So if you're definitely someone who's craving, you know, to be more sensual, to feel more connected with your body or your sexuality or even with your partner definitely check out her podcast because that is the podcast for all things sex sensuality sexuality and femininity and all of that juicy stuff and everything we talk about in today's episode including the pleasure quiz her podcast her resources all of that will be linked in the show notes so don't worry i got you and before we get into today's episode i want to just share two little things really quickly the first being that my youtube channel just recently got monetized and i'm so freaking excited and blessed and i just want to say thank you thank you thank you to everyone who has subscribed to my youtube channel who has supported it and for those of you who don't know what that means it basically means i now get paid for my youtube videos which is an amazing thing i never started my youtube channel with the intentions of i just want to make a lot of money never i truly enjoy the whole process of having a youtube from you know planning out my content to filming to just being super creative this is some, like something that i used to love doing as a child and i lost it you know because life happens you get distracted and you forget about the things that bring you joy and i'm just so grateful i found this sense of happiness and joy once again because being creative in this way it really brings me so much joy and to be able to get paid for it that's like a double blessing so i just wanted to say thank you if you haven't already subscribed to my youtube channel then girl what are you doing (laughs) subscribe right now so on my youtube channel it's definitely more lifestyle based it's a lot of behind the scenes action of my day-to-day life from you know working as an entrepreneur to prepping for photo shoots to daily vlogs to you know, pamper self-care routines to my morning routines. It's as opposed to my podcast, it's more personal development, mindset, self-help. So if you want to see like the everyday version of me with no makeup, crusty lips, definitely check out the YouTube channel. That's where you kind of see more of my personality, I feel. Link to that will be in the show notes as well. And the last thing that I wanted to mention right before we get into this episode is I am introducing a new segment to the podcast where I share the podcast review for the week. I just wanted to do this to really just to tell you personally how grateful I am for your support and how much your words really truly mean to me. So this week's review of the week is by Monse. I think I'm saying her name right. If I'm not, I truly apologize but the title of her review is feels like i'm learning from a big sister so monsa says i love listening to jazz's podcast i just started listening to her and i'm so glad i came across her podcast everything truly happens for a reason period i feel like i can truly connect with her like a big sister and feel so inspired i've learned a lot already and slowly applying thank you universe for leading me here you're amazing jazz love monsa and thank you universe for leading monset to me oh girl you're so sweet like first of all thank you so much for taking the time to leave your review it literally helps me so much it helps the podcast get discovered by other people who need this information who want this sense of connection that you feel as well so i truly appreciate you leaving that review and i also love the fact that you feel like you're listening to a big sister because those are my exact intentions when i come onto the podcast i want you feeling like you're listening to your big sister your best friend your cousin but also you're leaving this podcast with something of value learning something new and feeling inspired so just to hear you say that or read you say that that's how you feel it means to me that i'm doing something right so that really really means so much to me monse thank you again so much and if you haven't left a podcast review i would so appreciate if you could take the time to do that like i said it just helps the podcast get discovered by other people and who knows maybe you will be next week's podcast review of the week so that is all i have to say for this week i'm really excited for you guys to hear this episode it's really really great stuff you guys definitely check out eleanor's work and all that she has to offer like she really really is the queen of sensuality and without further ado let's just go ahead and get into it welcome eleanor to the just glow with it podcast 
Thank you so much for being on today's episode. I know that the audience is going to be so excited to hear you talk about what it is you do and learn how to enhance our sex lives and tap tap into our feminine energy and all of that. So just welcome and thank you. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to chat to you today. Thank you. So I gave a brief description of what it is you do, but I would love to hear from your perspective um, what it is you do, how you even became a sensuality coach, what inspired you to become a sex educator and help women channel their femininity and sensuality and all of that. Absolutely. So as you said, I am a sensuality coach, sex educator, and it all actually started for me with the um, the owning of a studio. I used to own a pole dancing studio and through the pole um, experience and actually teaching and running my studio, I I got to see all of these women, all my students really come into themselves as they were given permission to drop into their sensuality. So that's what inspired me. Then I started my own movement practice from there and started teaching more and more and learning more myself about femininity, sensuality, sexuality. And it's just sort of grown and blossomed from there. That's amazing. So do you still have your pole dancing studio or or have you stepped away from that and are just focusing on the coaching? And I know you do like your own yoga and all of that, right? Yeah, so I sold my studio three years ago and I started my own movement practice. It's called Sensualista Flow. And it was from there that I started um, learning more and I became a certified life coach. And my, my natural persuasion was to focus on sensuality. Uh-huh. So that's what I ended up um, specializing in. I love that. So before we talk about sex and pleasure and all of like the juicy topics that I know everyone wants to hear about, I want to first touch on the femininity and sensuality part of it because I feel like it plays a big role in your teachings. And I just want to know from your perspective, why is femininity so important and why is it also important for us to tap into our sensuality and how it can affect us in our lives. Yeah, I think that femininity is, it's really disrespected. Just as an energetic type, um, femininity is seen as weakness. It's seen as not as important. It's seen as not as good as masculinity. And so I think it's really important for all of us, regardless of what body we inhabit, to drop into our femininity and allow ourselves to actually experience all that it has to offer. And then when it comes to sexuality, this is about us um, being more present and being more connected. I often talk about sensuality being of the senses. It's being akin to mindfulness and it allows us to actually be present with ourselves, with our bodies, with our pleasure, with our environment, with our lovers in a more more deep way it's more about savoring the moment and really enjoying your life so what i'm hearing you say is by being in touch with our sensuality it allows us to it, it that in itself enhances our life experiences and allows us to connect with people and enjoy life more absolutely it's about really being present in the moment and you once you start to become more sensual and more feminine in your energy and you allow that to come through it's like you're living life in technicolor things just are more pleasurable you know colors are brighter and you're you're able to see the beauty in everything that maybe you missed before to kind of paint the picture a little bit more what does that actually look like or what are the action steps that allow you to be in your sensuality yeah so this is about really tuning into your senses so what can you see so think about your environment is it beautiful do you make a point of having your home be aesthetically pleasing or is there clutter everywhere is it distracting um do you take time to go and see beautiful things you know go out into nature 
um, really taking time to feel into your sense of touch and honoring yourself. This is all about your relationship with yourself and your own body. So taking time to give yourself a massage or just gently, lovingly kind of stroke your own body. Um, and then of course that extends to self-pleasure and then using, using all the senses. So sight, smell, taste, touch, sound, it's all so important to just enhance your your life. And I think that the best way for me uh, to get in touch with my sensuality is through movement. And that's why I created my own movement practice, because it's it's something that allows you to actually get out of your head and into your body, which is something that so many of my clients talk about just feeling like almost they're numb from the neck down. And so this is about getting into and appreciating your body. I love that. And I really like how what you practice and what you teach is far beyond the sexual part of sensuality, because I feel like when people hear the word sensual or sensuality, they automatically think sex, but it sounds like you're saying it's way beyond that and it's about every aspect of ourselves and our lives, right? Absolutely. So when I first started teaching about sensuality, I had a lot of people and I still do have a lot of people that assume that sensuality and sexuality are one and the same, but that's not true. You can be sensual without it being sexual. So you can just be sensual in the way that you enjoy and savor the moment um, and really enjoy things in your life. And you can have, you know, a sexual experience that isn't sensual at all. Um, Mm. But the beauty lies when you actually allow them both to come together. So I always say that sensuality, no, it's not the same as sexuality, but the more sensual you are, the more that you allow yourself to be present in the moment, to tune into your senses and to appreciate your body and your surroundings, then your sex life is going to be so much better as a result. So they're interlinked, absolutely, but they're not the same. Right. Oh my gosh. I can't, that makes so much sense. And I can't wait to, you know, dive into that a bit more. But before we talk about that part, I want to ask, what are some signs that we are out of touch with our feminine energy or not tapped into our sensuality? What are some signs to look out for or to kind of just understand where we are with our own sensuality? Yeah, I think that this definitely comes down to, um, like I said before, being up in your head too much and not in touch with your body. So if you're not taking time and really feeling connected to your physical body, but you feel rather that you're living up in your head, um, you're trying to logic everything, make sense of everything, if you're living in that that highly masculine energy that is just go, 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 do, 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 um, mm-hmm. achieve, accomplish, be productive, all of these kind of things. It's a very masculine energy and they're important. Absolutely. Like we need that energy regardless of our body. Um, but when we have too much of that, it means that we step out of our feminine and the feminine is all about community. It's about vulnerability, receptivity. It's about flow and allowing ourselves to just be present. Yeah. If you feel like you can't ever be present, if you're always distracted, if you don't have a good relationship with your body, you're out of your feminine. If you feel like you can't connect with people on a deep level, you're living out of your feminine. And if you can't really experience joy if you find yourself not being able Mm -hmm. to allow yourself to just enjoy the little things um, when it comes to everyday life and also sex and pleasure if you're not allowing yourself to really drop in and experience that then that means that you're not connected with your sensuality either wow hearing you say all that makes me realize I'm a lot more out of touch with my own you know, feminine energy and sensual side. So that's really, really eye-opening. I guess a question I have for myself, and I think my audience may have the same question, is how do we find that balance between being in our masculine energy and, you know, always being on the go, do, 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 and 
balancing it with our feminine energy. I feel like personally for me, you know, having my own business and having all of these big goals and dreams, I feel like there's so much that I have to do that I'm, I guess I'm so much in my masculine and I don't know how or when to turn it off. Mm, I feel you. Um, And I'm the same, you know, I am also running my own business and, we have to set our own boundaries and everything around that. Um, And there is a lot of external pressure, I think, and internal pressure. We place it on ourselves to achieve and get there and, you know, get our goals and everything like that. But the way that I like to describe the masculine and the feminine is I actually like to use the terms go and flow because Mm. when we use masculine and feminine, um, a lot of people assume that it's gendered, though it's really not about gender. It's about energetics. And so the go energy is that like, let's get things done, single pointed focused. It's the type of energy that you want to bring in and harness when you've got shit to do. <laughs> like you've got mm-hmm. to get things done. Like mm-hmm. we've got to come up with a plan and we have to get and, and focus. Whereas the flow energy, just like it sounds, that's about flowing. That's about being really creative, tapping into that creative potential. It's about rest. It's about play. Um, it's that integration. And so when we look at business, Um, we need both of those things if we try Mm -hmm. and do it one way or the other things aren't going to work and I like to describe the energies of go and flow um, as like a space holder and a surrenderer and so you've got the masculine the go energy which is this container that holds space for the feminine for the flow energy to surrender and to kind of go wild and be creative and if you think of um if I'm holding a bottle of water and I just tip it down onto the floor it's just going the water is just going to go scatter around everywhere it's going to have no direction to go in but it's just going to go everywhere if I instead pour that water into a glass that is the space holder. I can pour the water into that glass and now it's got a container to be in. And whatever happens in that container, you know, you can like swish it around, you can stir it, you can, you know, add things to it. It can get really creative, but it has somewhere to be. It's being held. And so if we use this concept and we think of it inside our own bodies, how can I be my own space holder to allow for my creative flow, to allow for my rest, to allow for play. This is where I can set my own boundaries around, okay, that's my time to work and I'm going to focus there. But then I'm going to actually set a really clear boundary around this is when I'm going to play. This is when I'm going to rest, you know, giving ourselves space for that. But then at the same time being flexible, okay, like I don't have to be super rigid. I don't have to time block every single second of my life but I can allow this flow and this dance of energy of holding space and surrendering to the moment. I love that analogy. And it's so fitting to what I'm currently experiencing in my own life of, you know, finding that balance between, first of all, I love the go and flow. That is, I love that. And I think I'll be using that from now on too. But basically what I'm hearing you say is it's all about allowing yourself to be creative, fun, rest, but having a boundary around it but at the same time you like it doesn't have to be super specific and precise all the time it's just about figuring out what works and knowing when to be in go mode and knowing when to allow yourself to flow exactly because if we put too much rigidity around it then and tell me if you've experienced this and I know that a lot of your audience might resonate with this when you are meant to be off and meant to be resting and playing or on a vacation or having a weekend and you're off work if you haven't set clear boundaries um you you might not allow yourself to actually fully relax and I (laughs) yep you know, I feel like there's so many of us that are like, oh, yeah, it's the weekend. Like, that's when I'm meant to relax. But there's part of us that won't allow it. You know, we're still thinking, oh, I should do this. I should do that. Oh, on Monday, I need to do this or that. Oh, I'm just going to check a quick email really quick. And, you know, I'm just going to um, write this down. Um, and so it's about 
kind of having a firm word with ourselves of like, no, you're actually allowed to rest right now. And it's okay. And it's actually probably better for you if you seriously rest, <laughs> take your rest seriously. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I've definitely been that person where I have told myself, okay, you know, this weekend I'm going to allow myself to rest and recharge. And then Monday comes around and I still don't feel rested or rejuvenated. And I realized I didn't actually allow myself to rest I just told myself I was going to but to make myself feel better but I didn't really so you definitely hit the nail on the head with that one (laughs) I feel like there's so many instances where you know we're like oh okay I'll rest and I'll watch an episode of Netflix but where we're scrolling through our phone and checking our emails and responding and things at the same time so it's like we're not doing it properly and often what happens is we don't rest fully and then we don't work fully because we there's part of us that's like resenting the fact that we never rested and so we're not fully into go mode when it is time to be in go mode um and and honestly I feel like it's actually a lot of internalized capitalism where we feel like if I'm not being productive I'm not worthwhile and that's just absolute bullshit I'm sorry (laughs) no absolutely right and I completely agree um another I guess like an example of where I'm personally practicing balancing my go and flow is and I would love to hear your thoughts on this and how you're managing this as well is with my schedule and creating an ideal like for example something that I'm going through is this last week, I realized that in my daily life, I'm doing all of the things that I love. And, you know, I once dreamed to have the life that I have now, but I realized that I'm feeling very stressed and overwhelmed. And I was looking at my schedule. And I just realized that it's jam packed with a million things to do. And I even have like my rest time scheduled in. And sometimes like on Sunday nights, I will plan out my week ahead of time and then sometimes you know I won't want to do those things that I have scheduled previously so I'm trying to find the balance between like getting things done but also doing things that I want to do and not overwhelming myself and you know being so productive all the time have you experienced that Oh, absolutely. I think that we we put so much pressure on ourselves to get things done and to have these routines in place um, because that's what we, we get told that that's how it is. But for our feminine energy and for, for us vulva owners, we have to actually remember that we are cyclical. Um, our bodies, our hormonal system we go out, go through about a 28 day, 28 to 32 generally day cycle where at some points in the month, we, we have so much energy and we are bursting with ideas and creativity. And then other days we need to be more um, introspective. And so I think that when we're placing this pressure on ourselves, and I've definitely been there where I'm, I think, okay, I'm going to time block seven to 9am. I'm going to do this every single day, nine to 11am. I'm going to do this. And, you know, it's very structured. And then I end up just rebelling against it because it doesn't feel congruent to me. It doesn't feel natural. And then I try to force myself to do it. Then I, I hate it. I don't do it. Then I get angry at myself and I tell myself I'm lazy or I'm not being productive or there's something wrong with me. But really, it's just the fact that I'm not doing it in line with my body and my energy. And so when I started actually looking more into charting my menstrual cycle and understanding my energy throughout the month, everything got easier because I know that you know, in certain phases, the four phases of my cycle, I'm going to be really, really creative. And other times I'm going to be great at speaking. And other times I'm going to just need to like flat out rest. And mm-hmm. I, I think that, you know, we, we live in a patriarchy. We live in a society that is highly masculine and places everything as like the default is masculine. And so all the productivity books, all the entrepreneur books that are written by men, they're li- mm. written through this masculine lens. And it wasn't until I was like, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna read another bloody book on productivity <laughs> written by a man 
because they have different hormonal like levels. They're they're like the sun. They go up and down, up and down every single day. They're fine. Like it's up yeah. and down. Whereas us, we're like the moon. We wax and wane. And sometimes we're going to get bigger and brighter. And then other times we're going to go in. But that's throughout the whole month, not just one day. And that to me, game changer. That is so true. Like, Obviously, we've known that we live in a very masculine energy type of world, but I never realized, like, I never thought of it that way as the code to entrepreneurship or productivity or just basic living is very in a masculine way. Um, And I've done my own research with tapping into your uh, feminine or your menstrual cycle. I'm not that well educated in it, and I know we didn't really plan to talk about this specific topic but since you brought it up I would love to know more about what each cycle means exactly or how we can use that to our advantage if you want to talk about that yeah absolutely I love talking about this I think that it's so so important we we don't get a great education I think growing up um, as women or vulva owners that our body is kind of incredible and our cycles have so much to teach us and when I started learning more about this it was a total game changer for me it just made so so much sense and so with the with the cycle we've got four phases a lot of people just think oh I've just got my period for you know three to seven days and that's it that's my period but we actually have the entire cycle and that could be about 28 days. Within that cycle, you've got four different phases. And so the first is obviously menstruation. Day one is the first day of your bleed. If we think of it, um, often we compare it to the seasons. So that's akin Mm -hmm. to the season of winter. Um, And so this is when we are feeling more dark we're feeling more introspective we don't really want to socialize we don't want to go out Um, we want to just be by ourselves and retreat it's about being quiet Mm -hmm. and still I highly recommend taking day one off completely like taking a cyclical self-care day on day one for me I know I know my cycle I track it so I know when day one is coming for me and I won't plan anything like no interviews, no client calls. It's just that's that's my day. And that makes a huge difference because that that allows you to actually get that deep rest that your body needs when it's really going through this time of detoxifying. And so that's the time to relax, be with yourself. You're probably going to be very creative in that moment. You're going to have lots of ideas, but it's the time to write about them, to journal about them and not go and action on them yet. You're very intuitive at that Mm. point. And then the next phase is your pre-ovulation. That's akin to spring. So this is when like, it's from about maybe day seven, depends how long your cycle is. But when your cycle is stopped, then you enter your spring phase. And this is where like Mm -hmm. you start getting shit done. Like you're really, um, it's like spring has sprung and you're feeling more energetic. You want to get out. Um, into the world again you're better at speaking you're more articulate um, you feel really confident this is a great time to give presentations and to you know make important calls you've got a better memory and logic at this point Um, your physical energy is more um, you've got more stamina you're more active you're more engaged and so this is a good time for more intense exercise whereas when you're menstruating absolutely not like yin yoga is probably the most you would want to do um, when you're in that phase so this phase is often one spring and summer are often the ones that we celebrate because that's us in our masculine energy in our go energy whereas when we're in our other two phases we're in our feminine our flow energy and they don't get as celebrated but they're pretty amazing and then you've got the third phase which is ovulation akin to summer and so this is like think of the full moon when before we had electricity when the full moon came out that was like it's party time let's socialize this is where your body it's ovulating um you only ovulate for a day but 
this is where you feel kind of invincible. You feel super flirty in this phase. Um, your body is essentially like put a baby in me now. And so that's why mm -hmm. you just end up being more flirty. Give off like these pheromones and people are more attracted to you. You, you seem more attractive to others. Um, you're really confident. Everybody loves you. Like this is a time where you feel amazing um, and a really, really good time to do anything that you have to be like in front of people um, because you're going to be more magnetic in this phase and quite captivating. And then after summer, after the wonderful beauty of summer, you enter autumn or fall. And this is a phase where things start to go back inwards. Again, it's the feminine um, phase. And this is where you start feeling a little bit more critical shall we say this mm. is when you've got pms um and so in this phase this is actually a really really great phase for you to do any editing of anything um any documents anything that you need to look over with a fine tooth comb because you're going to see everything through a really critical eye and so this can manifest in being like totally rude and awful to people because you're being like judgmental and critical or it can if you channel it correctly it can be used to move through creative blocks it can be used to meet deadlines to get organized to really see through anybody else's like bullshit if you will <laughs> um you can fix mm -hmm. problems in this phase and then we go back again and then we cycle through menstruation and all the way through and it keeps on going. So it's really powerful. Wow, that is so insightful. And I feel like this is not to like place um, stereotypes on women, but we know women get the rep of being very moody, very um, just like emotional, but it makes sense because we are constantly going through different phases. Unlike men who aren't going through these same cycles, every month but it's just so it actually is very beautiful in my opinion that we go through these different stages and if we learn to tap into them and honor them it can really actually benefit us in a more positive way than you know in a negative way absolutely and the only reason that we're being seen as moody is because society men but also us we don't understand that we are going through these phases and so when you start to understand like, oh, okay, I'm in my autumn. That's probably why I'm feeling mm -hmm. a little bit more aggravated. Okay. And I give myself permission to feel that. And I don't make it mean that I'm like, quote unquote, crazy. Um, and I think that's a horrible term to use um, in relation to ourselves. And it, it's not that we are going mad. It's that we are cyclical and we can tap yes. into that. Yes, that's very true. And I think and like being able to understand what we're going through will help us manage ourselves, but also not be so, you know, like not put ourselves down or like tell ourselves we're crazy or we're this or that. It's just about understanding our bodies and what it's going through. Exactly. Give yourself permission to be cyclical. Exactly. So I'll definitely be like using these tips as I I'm readjusting my own schedule because that's definitely been an issue for me. Um, but do you have any other resources if people want to learn more about working with their cycle and all of that? Yeah, definitely. So this is something that I, I teach about um, with my clients, but also um, in my upcoming group coaching course. But um, I'd recommend following uh, some cycle educators. So Vianney Lee, who I had on my podcast recently, is a wonderful menstrual awareness educator. Um, and I can share her details as well with you. Perfect. I will appreciate that. And I can leave it in the show notes. So if people want to check it out, they can definitely do that. Well, that was very, very insightful. And I feel like I and I know the audience will also have a better idea of what it means to be tapped into your flow and balancing the go and your sensuality. But now I want to move into the juiciness of this episode, which is all about sex 
and also common obstacles regarding sex and how we can enhance our own sex lives. So I know sex can be such a taboo subject for a lot of people. And I know other people, it's, it isn't. But before we get into how to actually enhance our sex lives and all of that, I want to first ask like how does our upbringing or our childhood experiences affect how we view sex because I know for myself I grew up in an environment where it was never discussed um we I wasn't in a like touchy-feely type of family and I can see how that has impacted the way that I view sex now and how comfortable I am in my own sexual sexuality so I just wanted to get your opinion on how that affects us definitely I think that our childhood plays a huge role in how we develop in lots of areas Um, but in terms of sex if we grow up where people don't talk about it at all um, Mm -hmm. we 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 grow up feeling like it's not something that should happen or Um, that we should be doing and we grow up with this like shame around you know when we first discovered our own bodies and and maybe we're self-pleasuring when we're kids but we have no idea that other people do that and that it's actually quite normal Um, and so we feel Mm -hmm. shame around it because there's no discussion and then on the other hand if you grow up in an environment where your parents, your teachers, anyone around you is outwardly shaming anybody for being sexual, um, calling people sluts on TV, um, sluts, like slut shaming. If anybody's saying like, oh, you're dirty or they're um, gross for being sexual, any of these things, we take that on and we we kind of project it onto ourselves as we grow up and we think mm-hmm. oh okay if I self-pleasure then that means I'm gross or if I wear this then that means I'm asking for it or you know we start to internalize all of these things and essentially what happens mm-hmm. is we shut ourselves down and we don't let ourselves feel deep pleasure because we feel like there's something wrong with that and that it's bad especially if you grow up in a in a religious household then it feels like it's sinful and that you know all hell's going to break loose if you experience pleasure but i i believe um i'm not i'm not religious in any way but i believe that sex actually takes you closer to god to the universe to transcendence <laughs> than um traditional religion which kind of tells you that it takes you away from it and it's sinful and you're going to go to the bad place as a result of it so being a sex educator were you a person who was always very comfortable in your own sexuality like did you grow up in an environment where that was talked about and embraced or how did you come to being like who and where you are now definitely not I think that it took me a while to come into my own um and it's only been recently that I've really thought okay no I can talk about this publicly and it's it's fine because it's supernatural but growing up I don't think I was thrown heaps of shame around it but I definitely remember being caught um and getting getting yelled at um and I remember hearing different comments and I've definitely taken on a lot of those things that I've had to unpack and let go of over the years um and then you know as a teenager when you're having your first sexual experiences you don't really know what you're doing and you don't have the emotional bandwidth to have a proper conversation about everything and what the expectations are and all of this and I think that that kind of can accumulate um, and lead to us shutting down sometimes if if we don't realize early enough that or at any point that sex is actually really important, really beautiful, really wonderful, um, and that it's mm-hmm. okay for us to allow ourselves to to feel pleasure. Definitely. And when clients come to work with you, what have you found is like a common issue that some of your clients face regarding their own sexuality and sex life? And how have you, how do you help them overcome these specific issues that they face? So I feel like a lot of my clients come to me 
feeling like they aren't meant to or allowed to feel pleasure. They feel very disconnected. And so they feel disconnected to their bodies um, and subsequently their own pleasure. A lot of my clients mm-hmm. say they feel numb or they feel like they can't even orgasm. Uh, it's a really, really common one. A lot of people think that it's just not possible for them and maybe they just resign to the fact that that is what it is. Often that is just up in our heads because we we get conditioned to think that we need to do sex like a dude and that it's meant to be mm-hmm. over and done really quickly and I should achieve orgasm as fast as he does. It's just not the case. And so I work with my clients to recognize the beauty and power of their body to relearn their own anatomy, um, to take time to give themselves pleasure in all different ways of being sensual in every single day and savoring the moment, whether it's in a sexual environment or not, and then taking your time. Because I think something that people don't realize is that for us vulva owners, we need at least 20 to 40 minutes of, I don't like to use the term foreplay because it insinuates that that that's not sex, that it's like before sex and mm-hmm. that penetration is the only mm-hmm. goal, which is not true. But we need up to 40 minutes, at least 20 before our body and our energy is ready to receive if we decide to have penetrative sex. Um, and it's also just wow. like, our body's not going to feel deep pleasure until we have surrendered uh-huh. and we've let go and we've taken our time. And so, of course, if we're comparing that to what we see in porn or on movies, that it's all over and done within a couple minutes, <laughs> of course we're going to think mm-hmm. we're broken, mm-hmm. but it's just not, it's not true. We've just, we're playing the game wrong. <laughs> wow, that makes me feel so much better about myself to know that there isn't something wrong with me because I'm getting real personal here as I say this, but there's, I've definitely had experiences where I didn't allow myself to have up to 40 minutes of, I'm sorry, what is the term that you like to use? I know you don't like to use. I I guess it's just, it's just more about pleasure, like taking your time to feel pleasure before like pressuring yourself to have an orgasm or even to have penetrative sex. Mm -hmm. So I haven't allowed myself that time to get there. And then, you know, I not force myself, but I, I expect myself to be ready for penetration. And then it's not, it's not good, or it's not what I expected, or I don't orgasm or whatever the case. So that makes me feel a lot better to know that. And also, it helps me and others listening know what to do if they're you know, having those issues. So that's really helpful. Yeah, I think that if if nothing, um, if you take nothing else from this episode, I hope that all of um, your listeners know that you are absolutely normal. You are not broken. Your body is designed to feel deep, ecstatic pleasure. And we are capable of feeling absolute bliss. But we just have to understand how our bodies work and they take time and it's it's a beautiful thing because who doesn't want to experience a longer pleasure we don't want to just have these quick short sharp mm-hmm. orgasms we want to keep on keeping on right so would you say you know with for a client or anyone struggling with their own uh, sexuality and sex life would you what do you feel is like the most important first step to take is it connecting back with their body or understanding like the mental blocks that they have yeah I, everything starts from inside so I think a, a common misconception with my work is that people think that all I do is just get on a phone call and say okay you're gonna go up down left right round and round and then boom right but that's not how things work because if I just teach you technique we're still going to be very much up in our heads and for us vulva owners it's more mental often than it is physical so we need to understand our blocks if we have deep shame around sex and pleasure and we don't think that we deserve 
deep pleasure and orgasms, we will not let ourselves have one. And I know that it's a very common experience. And if you're listening, you may have done this before or heard about it, where you might feel like you're really, really, really close to orgasm. But mm-hmm. then there's this thought in the back of your head, like, oh, no, I don't want to be that vulnerable. I don't want to let them see me like this. Or I'm I'm afraid of, um, you know, being seen as too wild. Or what if I scream? What if I make a noise? Or like all these things that might go through our head. And so we actively shut it down. And we stop ourselves mm. from feeling this deep pleasure. We don't let ourselves go because we have all these thoughts up in our head. So we need to get rid of those first. We need to understand what's stopping us before we can really allow ourselves to drop in. Wow, that's definitely been me. So what would you say? uh, I feel like this is a one-on-one session right now, honestly. (laughs) So what would you say, like, how do we change that? Or how do we begin to shift that, like, tangibly? Mm. So if you're in the moment and you feel like, okay, I am about to get there. I'm, I'm close. I'm like, you know, climbing the hill, it's simply about breathing, affirming to yourself, like, I deserve to feel deep pleasure. Like, this is okay. Um, I I feel safe. I know that this person can hold my energy or I know that I myself, if it's self-pleasure, can hold this energy. And when we breathe, so often when we get to that moment where we're like, oh, gosh, maybe I'm going to stop myself from actually having an orgasm, um, we we stop our breath, we restrict it. And so breath mm. is one of the most powerful things that you can use to deepen your pleasure. So deepen your breath. Allow yourself to breathe. Visualize your sexual energy, which is around your genitals. Visualize that really flowing up through your spine, along your spine, all the way up and through your head. And back round through your partner or through um, in front of your body and then back. So it's like a big Mm -hmm. circle. So breathe in and up and then breathe it out and down and back in. Because if we hold our breath or if we have short, sharp breaths, all the sexual energy and that pleasure is going to stay within the genitals. But when we allow ourselves to breathe deeply and slowly, we actually encourage that sexual energy to move throughout our body, which helps us have deeper orgasms, more of what is called implosive orgasms and potentially more transcendental orgasms as well. That's amazing. And I, again, I just really like how simple that tip is. And it's like anyone can do it. And it's not anything super drastic or difficult. So we'll definitely be implementing that tip. Um, But speaking of reclaiming our pleasure and all of that, something that I saw you talk about that I've never actually heard is our pleasure language. So we always hear about love language, knowing your partner's love language, but what exactly is pleasure language? How do we know what our own pleasure language is? How can we apply it? Like, I want to know all about this. (laughs) Absolutely. So the pleasure language is something that I created, yes, akin to love languages, but taking it a little bit more into the juicy realm, I guess you would say. And so pleasure language is essentially how you feel pleasure, how you give and receive pleasure. It's what um, what makes you feel most comfortable and safe to drop into pleasure. So for some people, they might be, their pleasure language might be the sensualista, which loves things to be beautiful and it we love um, to have our senses heightened. So for me, right, I'm clearly a sensualista um, in my pleasure language and just in everyday life. Um, and sensualista is a term that I created that kind of encapsulates a person who is deeply sensual. And so I was once mm. uh, invited by uh, someone that I was seeing and they said would you like to come over for a feast for the senses and I was like oh buddy you're speaking my language mm-hmm. yes um, <laughs> and that's kind of that was actually a, an inspiration for creating this pleasure language quiz and then some people they might be more auditory they might love to hear you know 
their lover recite them poetry and that might just make them melt um maybe it's Mm. it's akin to words of affirmation where you know they send texts um and sexts and that makes them feel really like loved and it, it allows them to feel more pleasure um and it's definitely to do with the senses like what is the um the things in your your pleasure language that make you feel like you can really drop into pleasure and be really really comfortable that is so interesting and you said that you created a quiz to figure out your yes pleasure absolutely language? the pleasure language quiz and so that will ask you a series of questions where you'll get a result and you'll learn more about what your pleasure language is. You'll also get um, some journal prompts um, and some more information about what that pleasure language means for you and how you can drop into it a little bit more. That's amazing. Would I be able to link that in the show notes for the Absolutely. I will definitely share that with you. Okay, great. That is so, I can't wait. I feel like I may be a centralista as well. And by the way, I love your your terminology and all of these words and ideas that you have created it's it's so fitting but it's also very um I don't know like I just find it very fascinating thank you (laughs) yes of course so let's say you know we take our we take this quiz we understand our pleasure language how can we communicate that to our partner or partners in a way so that we can enhance our own sex lives and what are your tips for enhancing your sex life so in terms of communicating your pleasure language with your partner um a fabulous thing to do is to take the quiz together um and have a discussion about like what came up for each of you um and ask questions about you know would you like it if i did this or um what what turns you on the most i think the Communication is seriously underrated. Um, we don't we don't talk enough about what it is that we desire. And so if you're having experiences where you feel unfulfilled, or you're like, I'm not enjoying this, this doesn't actually feel good, or I'm just I'm just helping them finish, but I'm not getting there. We need to have discussions. We need to prioritize our pleasure, firstly. My mantra is prioritize your pleasure. And we need Mm. to have a conversation and say, hey, I really loved this, but how about next time we try this? Mm, That's so true. It's like, how can you know, how can you expect your partner to please you if you don't communicate what you want or if you don't even know what it is that you need? Exactly. And that's such a great point. Um, And this is something that I, I get most of my clients to do is to really understand what on earth they like. Because so often, especially for us women, mm-hmm. we don't feel as empowered to explore our own bodies. You know, self-pleasure is seen as taboo. Um, young girls don't talk about masturbation nearly as much as young men do. It's important for us to understand our own bodies and our own pleasure first. What do you like? What don't you like? What works for you? What doesn't? Because if you don't know and mm-hmm. you're just expecting another person to do their job and to pleasure you you're going to end up resenting them because they don't know you're an entirely different human to other people that they've been with everybody works very differently oh my gosh I love this and it's almost like we're setting ourselves up for failure by like you said giving them the manual and not or not giving them the manual and just expecting them to know how to work you that is and I think that also applies beyond you know in in a sexual way like that applies with what you expect out of your partner or how you expect them to treat you when you haven't communicated you know your needs and desires absolutely like just you you've got to share you have to first first step is know yourself understand yourself take the time especially if you're single take the time to really like Mm-hmm. Learn who you are, what you like, what you don't like, what your boundaries are. And then when you are in a relationship, any relationship, communicate that and share. This is how I like to be treated. This is something that I won't accept. And I need you to understand this about me. And also, I really like it when you touch me here. <laughs> mm-hmm. So what would your advice be for someone who's who maybe they don't feel confident in themselves or they don't feel confident to speak up for they 
speak up um you know for what they want or they just lack confidence in general when it comes to sexual activity and maybe they know like how they want to be in the bedroom but they don't have that confidence within them to act upon you know act that way so i would suggest firstly um unpacking what is holding you back um is it a fear of judgment is it a fear of rejection Mm -hmm. um is it a fear of being seen and what's going on there and how you can start to address that and give yourself permission um starting by doing this privately you know allowing yourself um, Mm -hmm. without being witness just to you know have a dance party to um to self-pleasure to enact what you would like to bring to the bedroom but for yourself seduce yourself um and build that confidence muscle start small you know, if there's an end goal of something that you'd like to try in the bedroom, but you're not feeling comfortable to say it yet, how could you take that a few steps back and introduce something small first and just test the waters? But at the end of the day, I want you to know that you and your desires are normal and um, healthy and absolutely beautiful and that if there's ever any judgment or shame thrown at you from other people, it's often just a projection. So we've got to understand our own shame triggers first. Mm-hmm. That's so true. Those are so, that's such a powerful advice. And I think it'll help a lot of people, you know, with their own blocks. Cause I think maybe, I think there are a lot of people who maybe don't even realize that they have a block. And I feel like this conversation will really help them, understand themselves better and maybe open their eyes to things that they didn't even realize they had issues with um so we you mentioned some really great tips when it comes to enhancing you know our sex lives understanding our bodies connecting with our own pleasure communicating and taking baby steps towards our end goal do you have any other advice or tips on how we can enhance our sex lives I think to enhance your sex life, great sex is about presence. And so the one thing that I would Mm -hmm. say is to be deeply present with yourself and if you're having partnered sex with your partner, be nowhere else but there. Tune in, Mm. really pay attention to the subtle waves of pleasure that run through your body the subtle movements the subtle indications of what feels good and what doesn't feel good really be present with yourself with your partner Mm -hmm. because that is absolutely one of the best keys to having wonderful sex if you're actually there I know we've all experienced sex where we're like, oh, I wasn't there. I was distracted. I was thinking something else. Or I felt like they weren't there. I could have been anyone, but they weren't paying attention to me. That feels pretty awful. Mm. Right. So it's all about presence. I love that. It's Again, it's a lot of what you're saying sounds so simple and it isn't as complex as we may think that it is. So I really, really appreciate your words of wisdom and sharing insight on your work and how you help so many tap into their sensuality, their sexuality and connecting with their bodies. It's like we said in the beginning of this episode, this has been shamed for so long and that's a shame in itself. And I'm really glad that there are people like you who are really changing the narrative and giving people permission to, enjoy pleasure, enjoy sex, enjoy themselves, because I think that's really important. Um, So I thank you so much again for being on the podcast. Is there 
anything else you would like to share before we end this episode? And of course, you know, if people want to learn more about you or your work, or I know you have a podcast, you know, feel free to share. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. This has been such a fun conversation. Uh, So yeah, if you want to find out more about my work, you can follow me on Instagram at Eleanor Hadley. It's E-L-E-A-N-O-R-H-A-D-L-E-Y. My website is the same, myname.com, eleanorhadley.com. I've got the Art of Central Movement online course. Um, and I've also got another group coaching program coming up soon and the Sensuality Academy podcast is available as well yay and all of that will also be linked in the show notes along with the pleasure language quiz Thank you so much. This was such a My pleasure. It was so fun. Thank you. All right, my loves, that concludes this week's episode. I really hope that you enjoyed this conversation with Eleanor and I. Please let me know what was your biggest takeaway or best thing that you learned from this episode. I would love to know either you could DM me on Instagram, you could DM Eleanor, or you can post it on your Instagram stories and tag us in it. I would just love to know and hear what you loved learning about, like learning through this episode. I think two of my favorite things that I really loved learning from this conversation is how our menstrual cycles really work and I'm very excited to apply you know what I learned when I begin my menstrual cycle once again and just take that time to honor myself during that first day or first few days and really take advantage of my cycle and work with it and just see how that makes a difference and the other thing that I really loved learning was the simple technique in just breathing when it comes to being like having better sex and being present that is something so simple but that we often forget it's all in our breath and it's all in being present in the moment um but those were my favorite things that i learned from this episode i hope that you girls enjoyed and as always until next time remember to just glow with it As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.